Welcome to Lineouts by Earful of Dirt, bringing you conversations with rugby newsmakers about the greatest sport on the planet. And we're live. Uh, welcome to Earful of Dirt Lineouts, our interview series where we talk to rugby people. And today I've got Eric Howard Hooker for the upstart brand new team in major league rugby nola gold but he's also like this guy in canada so um let's get into it how's it going eric i'm good how you doing you know just you know hanging out talking rugby so it's been a good day can't complain eh nope not at all so uh something i always ask guys who've made it to their national side is like what their number is. So do you know what your Le Rouge number is? I couldn't even take a stab at it. It's uh, 425. 425. I'll have to go. Most, like, like, I, like we were talking in pre-production, most people have no clue uh, what their number is because it's not like you get, you know, this certificate or anything that says, hey, I'm number 425. But that is, that is uh, what number you are when it comes to uh, Team Canada 15s. Nice. I like that. I'll have to remember that. Uh, growing up, I noticed you were a multi-sport athlete. What was that like in Canada? Uh, I don't know. It was pretty normal. I grew up doing it. Like ever since I can remember, I was in like Timbits hockey, Timbits soccer. Like just uh, my dad always wanted me in sports all year round. There was never a stop. So in the winter, it was hockey. Uh, spring, it was getting into soccer, summer soccer. And then it was football. And then it was back into hockey. So it's just I just grew up playing sports all year round. That's awesome. Like I was a multi-sport athlete too. I wasn't like, you know, high level athlete at that time, but you know, it's when you're little, your, your parents put you in soccer. Okay. So winter soccer season's over time to play baseball, yeah. uh, time to play basketball, different things like that. Um, so, so hockey in Canada, I, I equate it to sort of like baseball from in the U S where pretty much every kid ends up playing one or two seasons, maybe a little bit longer would is, is it that widespread? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're growing up, hockey's the number one sport. That's what everybody wants to do. You always want to go to the show. Like, it's the biggest thing ever. When you're playing, like, ball hockey on the streets with your buddies or pond hockey, you're always picking your favorite hockey player. Like, I was always Bobby Orr, number four Bobby Orr. That was always my thing. I loved it. Yeah, growing up, that's what we all wanted to do. Awesome. Yeah, um, I definitely wanted to be, like, Mike Piazza, even though I wasn't a Dodger fan. So. <laughs> Kind of really weird. Yeah. I was I was an Angels fan, but Mike Piazza growing up was like the name in Los Angeles when it came to most uh baseball uh kids, like who you wanted to emulate. He was at the time, you know, I'm, I'm like a small dude, so he was like the small catcher, just you know, raking in LA, and then you know he gets traded and all that fun stuff happens. So oh, yeah. football is um still a big sport in Canada, but how small was Canada that you didn't play football there? Actually, Canada is not that small. It's about 120,000, which isn't that small. But uh, just with the way everything worked out, like uh, my high school, the public high schools couldn't afford to have it. Okay. And then I was actually playing high-level soccer at the time in the summer. So I didn't have enough time to play uh, football. And then since like I, I didn't really have like an outlet for a contact sport, I just kind of picked up rugby one day. That's awesome. Yeah. Um... That's one thing uh, schools are starting to struggle with now in places that are traditional, like hotbeds in the States is that football is just such a 
expensive sport to administer. Oh yeah. So, um, and then, you know, how would you characterize high school level rugby? Is it, uh, I would say, you say scholastic. So within the school system or is it like club based or is it both? Uh, I'd really just say it's scholastic, but like it kind of ties into clubs very loosely because something like the coaches that generally like help coach, uh, from like outside the school are uh, from clubs. So like my coach in high school, Mike Ash and Ashley Ampson, they're from the like Ottawa Beavers when I originally started. So they brought me over to that club, but really it's, it, it's two separate entities. Got it. Um, see in 2016, you won the Ontario university athletics MVP in rugby. Uh, that was a special year for you, but also, you know, a special year at Guelph, uh, you guys had an undefeated season and then won the championship in overtime. What was that like? Oh, that was huge for us. Like, uh, like I went to uh, like that was that was a massive year for Guelph, a massive year for the boys. Like, um, uh, my recruiting class and the one a year older than me, we'd been there for four or five. Like, it was my fifth year at the time, and like we put so much into it, in helping shape the program and bring it to the one of the top programs in Ontario and one of the top programs in the country. And so finally winning it after I think it was 18 years and beating Queens, like that was massive for us. So uh, like winning the OU MVP was cool, but like it doesn't have compare at all to uh, like us winning the gold medal. Like that was massive. Then I, I read that uh, you weren't able to uh, play in that championship game because of the autumn series with, uh, you know, Canada 15s. Yeah. How, how rough was that having to – to watch that hurt a lot that was brutal like uh it yeah like that was a real struggle because you just put in so much effort for like five years and uh and it comes to that where like obviously you're gonna you're gonna take the chance to play for your country like i gotta play against ireland which is a super memorable thing but it's still like a it was still i i was so nervous and so jealous that i couldn't be there and just you just wanted to be there too and like lucas rumble was on the november tour but i had to go home because of school and he ended up being able to play in that finals so I made it even worse for me because, you know, you can't help the boys out. You want to be there. And just listening to it, is, it's, it's brutal. But it was well, awesome to hear the win. Well, I mean, hey, you, you guys won. Even though it was yeah. on kicks, you still won. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if you were there, it wouldn't have been on kicks. And it would have been, <laughs> you know, outright. But I think winning so. Is- I think so. <laughs> so um, uh, how would you characterize uh, – wait, no. I'm jumping ahead, no. but yeah, let's go over that. Uh, how would you characterize, uh, you know, the level of university rugby in Ontario versus other sports? Uh, I think the level of university rugby in Ontario is, uh, I think it's, it's very high. Um, uh, we had, we used to have junior laws for some reason. Now we have men's laws. So guys are getting bigger, getting faster. Like I still say Ontario rugby, like university rugby, is some of the fastest rugby I've ever played. And I think uh, comparing it to other sports, it's definitely up there with the uh, with the with the top sports in uh, all of university. Uh, in the same time period, uh, you also played for the McCormick Cumbuck winner, uh, the Brantford Harlequins, uh, yeah. in the fall of sixteen. How did you balance that? Seems a bit much to do university rugby and you know a club team at the same time. Uh, well, like as of September, uh, I went back to university and just played for my university side. Um, but then when, uh, cup run started to happen, I only had to play like it was three or four games. So it was like just the, uh, just the, yeah, like the cup run games and I'd play like 60, little over 60 minutes on a Friday and then either start for 40 or come off the bench for 40. 
it was pretty manageable. Like, uh, at the time I felt pretty invincible, but, uh, by the end of it, I was pretty banged up. There was a, there was a guy, uh, this year who's at the university of Oklahoma. He, uh, Obviously, he didn't start uh, for the football team, but it was really weird. Like, I don't know how he liked safety and all this stuff, but he, you know, started at wing, scored a try on Friday, and the next day he suited up and played in uh, at running back for a couple of plays at Oklahoma. And it was just like, how do you how do you get away with that? That's insane. That's that's a totally different level. That is insane. <laughs> Because I mean, I mean, I think the level of rugby, the level of rugby versus the level of football is like tremendous difference there. But it's like, how do you get away with that? Because there's a lot of guys that played rugby growing up here and now play football, but because of like different policies, they can't play both sports. Or sometimes they play both sports, but they're not allowed to. So they're sort of like hiding it. Yeah, that's. That's intense. Like, especially like rugby's a contact sport, but football is like a car crash. Like, it just every hit is just so hard. Like, I, I couldn't imagine having to wake up Saturday and just, yep, I'm a running back. I'm going to get smashed every time I touch the ball. So, so in 2016, uh, during the ARC, uh, you earned your first cap and uh, you've played in, I want to say, two thirds of the matches since. Uh, yeah. How was your first match against Brazil? Uh, it was crazy. Like it went, it went like, it was almost like an out of body experience. It went by so quick, but it was, uh, it was amazing. And it's almost addictive. Like the rugby's so fast, it's so hard, but like, once you get a taste of it, you just can't stop. So that game was one of the most memorable rugby experiences, uh, that I'll have because it's my first cap, but also it's like the first time you get international rugby and it's just so addictive after that. Same year, USA loses to Brazil. Just pointing that out. Yeah. <laughs> so that, like, it was like, so that year you could be like, hey, um, did you guys lose to Brazil? Yeah. Yeah. We, we can, we can, we used to be able to hold that over their head, but, uh, yeah, not, not anymore. So, um, it was a tough summer for you guys up in Canada. Uh, Mark's, Mark Anscombe was let go, and then Kingsley Jones was hired for immediate effect. What's been the difference uh, with the fast shift from coaches mid-cycle? Um, I think there's differences. Kingsley's just trying to bring in a little bit of new culture. Like it's, He's not trying to change everything. He knows he can't come in and change everything in one tour, and it's going to be a slower effect. But he came in, and he was like, here are some of my philosophies. Like, let's really buy into these. And like he believes in the details. Like We really harp on the details. And I think that's been really good for us because that's something that we need to remember is this fun, like the small, small details because our, it's not like we play an incomplete game, but it's just remembering the little things that will make you – that can win games – that's why I see the best teams in the world. That they don't. It's not like they do a ton of fancy things, but they have. They get the details right, and uh, he's really implemented that. And I think it's been awesome for the team already. Let's see, so Raimondo Barkwell, as we would say uh, with a Spanish accent. Oh yeah, Ray Barkwell. Uh, he's been holding down that hooker spot uh, for quite a while. Uh, what's it been like learning from such a grizzled veteran like him? It's, it's been really good for me, especially with a guy coming in with not a whole lot of experience and having him on my first ARCs. Like, he's been really good to, if I need to chat about anything or talk about anything. He, he'll, he'll help me out right away. And uh, just watching his game, too. Like, he, 
he's really, really smart. He's getting up there, obviously, but like, you know, you, you see what he does and you see like how good he gets around the field because of how smart he is. So it's, that's really good for me just to watch his film and then talk about certain things. So the grizzled vet has been pretty good to help me out. You get to play against him this spring uh, rather than with him. What do you think that's going to be like? Well, I am so excited about that. I've never got to play against them. I've only got to play with them. We've practiced against each other a little bit, but that's not the same. I'm really excited to get a head-to-head against them. I think it's going to be awesome for both of us. But I think I'm going to come on top of that one for sure. So you played for the Ontario Blues and the CRC and then the Arrows this last fall. Um, mm-hmm. What's the difference in structure uh, to build a team from all across Ontario and compete like the Blues did last spring against Old Blue New York or even flying out to Victoria to play the BC Bears in the CRC? Uh, it's 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 hard to definitely hard to build like just a provincial team around uh, like in Ontario because Ontario is a big province. So like some guys are driving like six hours to come to a, a like practice, and then have to drive all the way back home. So because we're we're based in the Greater Toronto area, but if you're in Ottawa or somewhere around there, you got to drive in. Like usually I drive an hour to an hour and a half to practice. Uh, so it was a hard thing, and then like flying guys like Andrew Coe to come in. It's it's difficult, and we just try to bring guys up to speed as possible. We got a, like a, a core group of us that are, are around the GTA, but uh, it's a difficult thing. But like Chris Silverthorne, Corey Hector, and the other coaching staff have made it really easy to uh, get in and get going right away. What was the arrow setup like when you guys came down to uh, play the Glendale Raptors? Uh it wasn't bad. Like it was the first time we did it, um, and again, it was like kind of mostly the Ontario boys like mixed in, so. It was pretty easy to figure out our game plan, but uh, yeah, like I, it's hard to say that we put the best showing on and did the best, put the best foot forward for uh, the Arrows against Glendale. But uh, yeah, like I, again, like I signed with New Orleans, so I, I I'm out of the, the the inner circle now. But uh, I think the structure could be really good. They didn't obviously didn't want to jump in this year right away. They want to wait another year to to really uh, solidify things, and I think that's a good idea. And I think if they join the league next year, it'll be awesome. Yeah, someone. Uh... Someone asks, I was like, I wasn't going to ask this, but, um, so next year you're going to kick it in new Orleans or like someone said, would you go back? And I'm like, I don't think any of these dudes that are coming to us based teams would just go back to Canada after a year. They're looking for, you know, they're trying to go to the frontier and have an adventure. Oh yeah, no way. I'm not messing up a chance to live in New Orleans, you know, like it seems like they've got a really good setup with a bunch of good guys. And yeah, regardless if Ontario joins the league next year, I'm staying with New Orleans at least for a little while, if not for a while, like a longer than that. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I've talked to, you know, the GM Ryan Fitzgerald and I've talked to yeah. uh, Nate Osborne, like everything, you know, some guys wonder like, Hey, what, what about New Orleans? And I'm like, I, I don't know why people ask that question because, I mean, as a person covering the league and, you know, covering, you know, New Orleans specifically, the, the scrum you guys are going to put out is going to be extremely powerful. And knowing Nate and looking at his resume, what he's done with um, at the national team and then, you know, what he did with Metropolis, I think you're going to have a – going to see really – you guys are going to put together a really coached side – uh, that's going to get after it, uh, especially in the rucks. And, you know, you're going to, there's going to be some flair going on. Oh, yeah. We're going to have a class side for sure. Uh, let's see. 
So a bunch of people want to know, so what was the recruitment process like to New Orleans? Um, so it was just kind of, when we found out the MLR was happening, we, we looked up a bunch of teams and then it was, you know, send your, your resume, your rugby resume, some film out and, uh, like your email and obviously, and then your phone number. And then I, I sent it out, didn't hear for a while. Then it was kind of going into the CRCs, the Canadian rugby championships and, uh, that we have up, up in Canada and, uh, got an email from Ryan and it was just saying like, Hey, we watched your film the other day. It looked good. Um, talk to me a bit and then it was like hey we're gonna watch your crcs so they just based it off some of my games and i'm, I'm assuming they watched a few others and then we kind of went from there i think it was really putting your foot like getting yourself out there and then going from there yeah i mean i, I guess one of the comments was like was this just like out of the blue or was this you know did people actually scout you and that sounds like that a you put together a scouting tape and then you got scouted after they looked at that yeah like Let's go with this guy. And, you know, uh, I was telling one of my friends, is like, you know this guy that they signed that's, you know, everyone's talking about the guy you're going to be fighting for position with, Cam Falcon. And I'm like, is anyone paying attention to this young hooker from Canada? Like, they're going to have, you know, this this real dog fight. Oh, yeah. It's a start. Oh, yeah. It'll be good. No, that's and that's that's how you know you have a strong side is when you have depth in every position, and obviously it's you want to get that spot. So we're all going to be fighting for it. So it's going to make all of us so much better. And then somebody wanted to know how when you and Hubert got notified. Did you like know? Did both of you know at the time that you were trying to sign with New Orleans, or was it just out of the blue? You were in the same area and you uh, were sent some shirts. <laughs> Uh, uh, we were actually at like CRC's chatting together about it. Cause he had been telling me that he was talking to them a while ago. And then he, and then when I found out I was chatting with him and then we were both out in, uh, Victoria together. And then, yeah, we figured it out and, uh, yeah, then we got our shirts. So, so what goals do you have for this? Uh, well, obviously like my, my first goal is, uh, to start for the team. And then, um, after that, just like, you know, just help make a dominant program and, and then make a big impact our first year in the MLR. Like I, I'd like, uh, like you were saying, we're going to have a mean, mean forward pack. So I'd like to be, to be one of the most dominant forward packs in the league. And, uh, you know, with Nate Osborne as our coach, you know, our backs going to be pretty lethal. So uh, hope this year we make a big splash. Um, so tell me your best Ray Barkle story. <laughs> Ray's got a few, but I think it was one that happened. It's got to be one of them that happened on the November tour, the one that just happened. We were in uh, Perpignan and we were at a practice and uh, he went to change his boots and he couldn't get it off. And it looked like he almost tripped over. And then I looked behind me and he's swearing and he threw his boot up like 40 feet in the air. And he's been known just to like rifle stuff off whenever he gets angry. Like <laughs> it's awesome. So I look behind me and there's just a, a cleat that's 40 feet in the air and he's just swearing. And then he gets his other boots on and runs back over. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, I mean, I've never like just kept, you know, two or three pairs of boots like in my own bag. And I can just see that happening because I play hooker too. And I don't know what it is. Like feet just swell up weirdly, especially when you're, you know, getting ready to, to play. And I can just totally see doing something sort of, maybe not that, but just sort of getting pissed. I'm more of a throw things at the ground kind of guy. Oh no. He'll just huck stuff. It is awesome. It is hilarious when he gets it going. 
So, um, poutine. Poutine. Is, uh, apparently, so I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I see like steak, so steak frites, so like big fries, we call them steak fries. Okay. With like cheese curds and it's gravy? Oh yeah. It's, it's like a Canadian delicacy. It's delicious. You got to have it. Delicious. Oh yeah. It's amazing. All right. There's, there's apparently some places where I live here in Phoenix that supposedly make delicious poutine. And, uh, I worked with a guy who was from Wisconsin and I remember on vacation, like he brought home cheese curds to like the entire platoon we were in, uh, in the army. And like he handed out cheese curds and I was like, this is disgusting. Yeah, I don't know about cheese curds on their own, but poutine, I like 10 out of 10 recommend you having it. Good to know. Um, so moldeds or studs? Studs. Oh, yeah. You're front row. You, they got to be studs. It's just interesting. Some people are – I mean, I, I like studs. Um, but some people are weird. I, especially – so I was talking to – the, the sevens guys. So I guess you like you guys get like one pair of moldeds or something. But I mean, with how much rugby you guys play on the national team, like you need like five pairs. Otherwise, they're done. Yeah, no, uh, you definitely need a few. Like I've we we have like like a practice boots. You got like I've got like two pairs of scrum pushers. My game ones, my practice ones, and then I've got a pair of like. Uh, like multis, just so like when we're not on, uh, we're not doing any Ford specific stuff. But yeah, I've always, I don't have just a pair of uh, moldies. It's got always got to be mixed or like full, full goo. Got it, got it. Um, so, what's the the number one thing you're looking forward to? Uh, just going down to the south. Like you're not even, you're going from, I guess, the Great White North. You know. Oh yeah. To, uh, I would say, a very mild climate in the winter. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited. I'm just excited for like the, the change of scenery, the change of culture. Like, you know, I I, I never mind moving. I like it's I've done it a lot, and uh, no, I'm really excited for the change. And, and New Orleans, I think, is going to be a great place to go experience. So I'm really excited for that. Awesome. So, uh, rugby offenses. What are you – are you more – I mean, I, I have not seen you play. I'll be honest. I mean, I'd have to go back and look at 2016 and 2017 ARC film to go, oh, that's Eric Howard because yeah. I usually just pay attention to what the Eagles do. Yeah, fair. And then get mad about what the Eagles do. rather. <laughs> and, and now more so because I'm trying to get into coaching, I pay attention more to like both sides and I tried it out to uh, – I try not to like, even when, you know, my own national team is playing and I watch them, I try not to get nearly as emotionally involved so I can break it down more and get more technical with it. So I def definitely going to be looking out for uh, you and Hubert uh, during the ARC upcoming. So that'll be cool. But are you more of a, let's see, I don't know. You have a lot of, if we look at, are you into more of a wide open offense or just crash ball type uh 
I'm honestly, I'm good with either. Like I, uh, as long as you don't stick me out on the wing, I'm happy. So if we got a wide open offense and I, I can still play the middle and have a little bit of room, that's fine. But if we got to go eyes closed head first, I'm, I'm, I'm game too. Hey, I saw them put Joe Tofate on the wing against Georgia. And it was like the most insane thing I've ever seen. Yeah. But Joe Tofate is huge. Like he's he's massive and he just oh. ran people over. So, so you you could you could be that guy, except you know not the same size. Yeah, not the same size at all. <laughs> so the like talking about the wing. So that was the first place I played. Oh, yeah, in rugby. I'm not fast. <laughs> like, I'm a hooker, and that is where I will stay. Oh yeah, same here. Cause it's just, uh, it's always interesting to see, uh, where like people get set when they start club rugby at an older age, rather than, you know, guys who start young. Like, yeah. So, um, Although I started eight, man. I thought that's where I was going to be for life. And, uh, nope, pretty quick. They moved me to hooker. Start starting at eight, man. When you're like five ten is a bit. I used to say like, oh, I'm as tall as carps. Like I can, uh, I can play eight man too. And then I stood beside him one time, and I was like, I'm nowhere near as tall as carps. <laughs> so, what's what are you looking forward to with uh, you guys? Got uh, the ARC upcoming. Um, this last year was a bit rough. Summer mm-hmm. tour was a bit rough, but uh, I did watch some of your guys' games. Uh, things looked, uh, you know, how you guys played. Uh, you, I want to say you looked a little bit more together this summer yeah. under Kingsley, and I'm excited to watch you guys, especially against uh, Earl Y and America's too, because you know you don't want to. The oh man, I the rep like the amount of matches you'll have to play in between if you oh. if things go. I was looking at that, like so the person so say so Earl Y goes say they go to the repechage, so after that. Right, you got either of those two teams, right? In a vacuum, you've got six games, right? With the ARC, yeah. And then you've got to play a tournament of like I think it's like four games, and to like come out on top. Yeah, yeah. It's just no thanks. I mean, although you'd be ready for the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, seriously, no. Uh, yeah, we got no plans on losing the Uruguay. That's that's the number one concern, and uh, yeah. With, uh, I think with Kingsley at the helm now, we, we put in a good foot forward, and I think uh, Phil Mack's a great captain. And uh, so I think those two uh, working together and, and our other coaching staff will uh, will take it to Uruguay, and we'll have a, I think we're going to have a good year this year for sure. Yeah, definitely excited to see what uh, you guys put out on the pitch. Um, let's see. Is there anything else you want to talk about, man? You know, I'm good. I uh, I wanted to throw a little uh, dive at Ray. And, uh, again, like when we play Seattle this year, I think uh, New Orleans is going to come on top. Uh, I know they uh, picked up a few Canadians to help them out, but I don't think it's going to do too much. Yeah, I think uh, it'll be a definitely uh, a fun thing to watch. Are you going to grow the beard out, though? Uh, I did it once, and I, uh, I don't think I'm going to grow the beard out. I think this is going to be as thick as it gets. Because we've got, I mean, got Ray's beard. That's that's pretty big. And then you oh, got yeah. uh, Hubert has a pretty big beard. Yeah. And then you could just, uh, although I would caution, um, especially when you guys start playing, 
it's gonna get hot. <laughs> like oh, it's gonna be hot. I yeah, uh, I played uh, I played one season with a big beard, and, and uh, I think after that I'm that that's that's off the table. This this is about as, as long as it needs to get, and anything more is just gonna be just gonna be gone before you know it. Awesome. So, um, Eric, thanks for uh, coming on. Um, I think we covered all the cool stuff. Are you? Oh, here's a good one for all the ladies out there. Oh, <laughs> are you attached? I'm not attached. Hey, um, fearless women and rugby fan of New Orleans. <laughs> You've got a, an international, a Canadian international that is single coming to, you know, this guy's a catch university graduate. Appreciate the shout out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man. Hey, thanks for coming, coming on. Uh, Definitely looking forward to uh, see you play with New Orleans and definitely with Canada before then. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been Lineouts by Earful of Dirt. Connect with Earful of Dirt online. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Earful of Dirt. You can email us at earfulofdirt at gmail.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 720-600-2679. For Aaron, Dan, and Victor, I'm Corey. Thanks for listening. <laughs>